0: You're listening to the Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. I'm Garrett Ashley Mullet, and I want to talk about everything. Listen. Listen to me now. Listen to me now. Now, tell me how to stop it. And welcome back to the Garrett Ashley Mullet Show. This is Garrett Ashley Mullet coming to you from Greeley, Colorado. Listen to me now for episode 300 of this podcast. That was, of course, Dr. Otto Octavius. Doc Ock, as he's also known from the old Spider-Man trilogy with Tobey Maguire. I love that scene for some reason, where he finally takes back control of this mechanical monstrosity that has hijacked his brain. He takes control back just long enough to undo the devastation he was just about to cause kind of a Samson moment. There's a little bit of redemption there as he brings the temple down on the heads of the ruling class of the Philistines who've been oppressing his people. Only in this case, Doc Ock is bringing the river down on himself and these mechanical arms and preventing a fusion reaction that would destroy the city. But enough about that. Today we are going to talk about 300 episodes of this podcast. 300 episodes. And what have we learned? So I'm going to go on back. I've got my spreadsheet up. I like spreadsheets. I'm going to go back to episode 200, which was, looks like August 24th, 2021. And immediately after that episode 200, I got into reaction videos on YouTube. That was something my kids had thrown out there and my cousin Micah had thrown out there as something to try. Something, hey, we think you'd be good at that and that would be a lot of fun. And then I did it for a week because we were home with COVID. And then as soon as I went back to work, everything Went absolutely crazy. Had to find a new job ASAP. Couldn't quite fit in another thing like reaction videos. But that said, believe it or not, one of my goals for this new year, for 2022, is to get back into reaction videos. I know it's not going to be everybody's cup of tea, and it's still not quite to the level that i'd like it to be at but even just a week of doing it they were so much better than they had been on the first try and i'd love to get better and better on those and just throw them in every now and then just for the fun of it just for kicks and grins as another way of refining my communication my kids love watching my reaction videos and i'll be honest with you I think that's enough reason for me to keep doing it. I'm just saying. If nobody else likes it, but my kids like it, my kids enjoy it, they get something out of it, then I think I'm going to keep doing it. So, Also, within this past hundred episodes, I dove into the question of Dr. Eric Mason and the Council of Philadelphia as he Called it, as he suggested, on Twitter a few years ago. Dr. Eric Mason is the author of Woke Church. He's also pastor of a fairly good-sized church in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Also is the pastor of Paul David Tripp, according to Paul David Tripp. Dr. Eric Mason suggests a Council of Philadelphia on Twitter a few years back, at which The heretics, so-called, would be called out for disagreeing with critical race theory, wokeism, social justice, so-called, basically, liberal theology. Anybody who's not into liberal progressive theology is a heretic, as Dr. Eric Mason was alleging. That, of course, is a lot of hogwash. If anything, it might be just the opposite, particularly if you think that wokeism is so central to the gospel message, you may not be a Christian. Just saying. Also, in this past 100 episodes, and I won't read off for you every single episode, but I will touch on the episodes that were the most popular for whatever reason, in terms of how many listens they got there actually were more this past 100 that were in the same range, that upper range, than there were on the last 100 before. From 100 to 200, and from 0 to 100, it was more of an isolated thing to have this episode do really, really well, and the ones around it, before and after it, do okay, okay. Right, There's a certain kind of flat um, number within a range of episodes that I see consistently, like give or take two listens, just about every episode is going to get this many listens. And so I can see my audience growing over time where early on, you know, there were a couple of episodes that hit that 20 listens per episode mark. That My first season, there were a couple episodes. But everything else pretty much was in that dozen range. There were about a dozen listeners. And I don't even remember which episode. It doesn't really matter at this point. But one episode in particular hit 20. And then for some reason, two. Out of that first season, the only episode that's gotten significant play, like consistently people are going back and listening to, is the one I did about Drudge Report. And I think that Drudge Report episode, I should go back and listen to it myself, but I think the Drudge Report episode, all I'm doing is reading off some random headlines on Drudge for the day and giving some brief commentary. But that said, it's kind of a time capsule in some ways. So that's interesting. So maybe, maybe that's why. I don't know. In any event, from episode 200 to 300, so this past 100 episodes, I'm seeing more of a consistency, which I like to see, and I'm seeing that range of listeners grow. I'm seeing my audience grow by a, by a pretty good margin, in terms of relative, the number of listeners, the size of my audience, I'm seeing pretty healthy growth month over month and season over season. And given the fact that I'm not promoting my podcast at all, except every now and then if somebody's talking about podcasts, or if we're talking about politics, or we're talking about theology, or we're talking about philosophy, or we're t- talking about everything, right? I'll say, oh, you should listen to my podcast. You you might like my podcast. If you like podcasts, you, you might just check it out and see what you think. And, and uh, yeah, and just give it a listen. Uh, other than that, I'm not promoting my podcast at all. And so for me to see it grow, that tells me that either A, people are stumbling across episodes now and then as they're searching for things. And then they stick around, some of them, they stick around and just, hey, I'm just going to subscribe to this podcast. I like this. This is all right. Uh, or it's a little bit of word of mouth. Hey, you, could, you should check this guy out. This guy, his podcast is called The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show. His name's Garrett Ashley Mullet. He comes to you live from Greeley, Colorado. You should check out his podcast. Um, some of the... <laughs> So I'm just curious. I, I'm sorry. I'm chuckling to myself because I'm wondering what that what that conversation is like, to be a fly on the wall. Oh, for the gift of Aegeus, as my grandpa used to say, to see ourselves as others see us. And usually he would say that in his older years, as his memory was slipping a bit. Uh, he would say that in moments when he may have just embarrassed himself, or he may have just gotten kind of an odd reaction from his grandchildren, his children, his wife. Uh, (laughs) It it was a way of casually remarking that you may think I'm crazy. Um, Anyway, some of the highlight episodes from the past hundred include September 9th, 2021, Omnipotent Moral Busybody Announces Vaccine Mandate Plan. That, of course, was with regards to Biden announcing that all companies with 100 employees or more would have to require vaccination, 100%, or biweekly testing. Next up, actually quite popular how to disagree agreeably so a lot of people wanted to listen to that episode apparently that's something we need to figure out a lot of people are really wondering how how do you disagree agreeably we know how to disagree we also know how to agree or or agree to disagree how do you disagree agreeably i want to be able to disagree i want to be able to communicate what it is that i think that is different and distinct from what you think, what I propose, which is not what you propose, but I also want us to still be friends. I still want us to be on speaking terms at the, end of the, the, at the end of the day. How do we do that? So that was a popular one, How to Disagree Agreeably. That was September 12th, 2021. Next up, Where Rights and Responsibilities Intersect. That was another one people were interested in and... Again, there must be a need of the moment. People talk about our rights. I have a right to this and I have a right to that. And then you hear other people just as quickly saying, well, don't be selfish, right? Stop talking about your rights. You have a responsibility. You don't just have rights. You need to defend your responsibilities. Stop talking about me, 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 me. But in actual fact, as I talked about October 6th, Your rights and your responsibilities are very closely related and not just, not just where you have a responsibility to protect your rights and not just where you have the right to fulfill your responsibilities. The two are related in that you can't fulfill your responsibilities unless you protect certain rights. You have a responsibility to protect your rights, to stick up for the rights of others, you also have the right to carry out your responsibilities. Anyway, next up was episode 227, Preparing Our Children to Defend Against Atheism. That topic was proposed to me by my neighbor, J.P. Chavez, two houses down. He wanted to know what kind of atheism we should be more concerned about in the future? What kind of atheism is most likely to be a major temptation, a major challenge for our children? How do we prepare them mentally, emotionally, spiritually? How do we equip them? Next up was my episode talking about my time working in the oil and gas industry. That was episode 233, October 20th nearly a decade working in the oil and gas industry. And I'm coming up even closer right now. Next up, also Joe Biden, John Piper, COVID Vaccines and Freedom, 236, October 24th, 2021. Really, vaccine mandate talk has been on my mind a lot this past 100 episodes. And not just on air, not just in the episodes, but outside of these episodes, it has been very much in my mind this paradigm shift. And it really is, listening to the arguments presented to the Supreme Court and some of the questions that Supreme Court justices have had for Biden's counsel, legal counsel, lawyers, The argument is that OSHA has, since the 1970s, invested with the power and authority to do so by Congress, told people what they can and cannot do with their bodies in the workplace. For the safety of others, you can or cannot do X, Y, and Z. You must or you must not do. You will or you will not do X, Y, and Z with your body because it will impact negatively these other people. And PPE is presented as an example. That is absurd, by the way, because never have I ever, in 10 years of working in oil and gas, which is a very industrial, mining, safety-intensive, dangerous industry, never have I ever had to put PPE into my body. The PPE always goes outside of my body. The hard hat goes on top of my head, not in my head. If I were putting a hard hat in my head, surgically implanting it under my scalp, we would have words. I would have an objection. But because I'm putting it on like a hat and I can take it off at the end of the day, particularly if it's uncomfortable or if I'm having a reaction to it, well, then that's no big deal. Fine. Okay. No worries. A four-gas monitor. I'm not putting a four-gas monitor into my lungs to monitor whether the oxygen level is high enough but not too high, whether there's flammable, combustible gases in the air right now, whether there's H2S in the air right now. I'm not putting that into my lungs. I'm clipping it onto my shirt in my breathing zone. If you wanted me to install that in my lungs, I'd have a problem with that. So the argument is fallacious and absurd and very superficial because what makes this vaccine mandate so problematic is you're not just talking about putting something on your body or changing your practice. Now, physical distance, if you have symptoms, absolutely. That's something you could say OSHA's been doing for 50 years. Even wearing a mask. Hey, you got a little sniffle? We think you might potentially, possibly have something. We don't know if it's COVID, but it might be something. We are going to require that you wear a mask. Okay, you've got authority and precedent, but we're going to require you to take this experimental RNA-manipulating vaccine that's going to compromise your immune system in other ways, possibly mutate, you effectively, kind of, not really, but kind of, effectively, because we're changing the stuff that interprets your DNA, we might as well be changing your DNA. It's very, very deeply concerning, that paradigm shift. On the part of government, that you have so many agencies and bureaucrats and directors and assistants and secretaries who think that this is okay it's okay to require people to do this or else they're going to lose their job possibly lose their home lose their ability to put food on the table for their family lose their mobility lose their freedom very very disturbing that so many corporations are going along with that are complicit with that they're okay with that it's very clarifying it's very revealing but it's very very disturbing and very disheartening and you can pray for me but it's very infuriating makes me very very angry like I want to throw things because some people need a wake up call but that's in the good Lord's hands (laughs) moving on next episode that really I think did pretty well actually did better than all those ones I just mentioned for you. Show no partiality as you hold the faith. And this one probably got me in hot water with some people, right? If my extended family was listening, I talk about extended family and some of my frustration at a lack of support. And That that is honest. That is real talk. And if I'm wrong, I'm honestly wrong. That's always been my goal. If I'm going to be wrong, I want to be honestly, sincerely wrong. It's easier to make a course correction and be correctable from the outside if when you're wrong, you're honestly wrong. It's a lot more challenging if you're secretly wrong or you're pretending to be wrong in ways that you really aren't. And I'm not sure I'm wrong on my perspective there, but show no partiality as you hold the faith Tackles square on, head on, a concerning trend in the human heart to show favoritism towards somebody who's wealthy. I hate the thought. Let me just be honest with you, especially as I'm now having this new job and doing the systems integration work for a major international company, one of the biggest oil companies in the world. I'm doing systems integration work, working from home worked 70 hours from home last week, working 70 hours from home this week. Don't have to take time off while my wife's in labor, which is great. I can get up and go check on her from time to time, go check on the kids from time to time, do some tidying up. It's great. It's fantastic. It may kick open doors as far as earning potential, as far as career trajectory, as far as opportunities, possibilities in the next five to 10 years that I've only dreamed of, but I hate the thought if I'm all of a sudden making $200,000 a year or $300,000 a year or whatever, right? Whatever it might be. I hate the thought that if I would walk into a room and there's a guy over there who works a lot harder for 40,000, that I would be treated with more respect, more dignity, more consideration than he and James, half-brother of Jesus, talks about this in the New Testament. He says, that's not good. And I'm paraphrasing, but that's not good. <laughs> that's the Garrett standard version for you, GSV. Show no partiality as you hold to the faith. That was episode 238. You can go back and check that one out. Tell me if you think I was out of line. It was an open invitation. I don't think I was. I should be open to correction. Next down, episode two forty four, from November second, two thousand twenty one, Romans nine to eleven, Age of Empires four, and job hopping. I just that was a junk drawer episode. I'm just gonna talk about all three of these things because I can't decide what I want to be when I grow up, and somehow maybe kind of sort of they'll be connected. I don't think they were, but um. It did pretty well. I think people were curious. And that hitting on all three of those things, right? I'm going to talk about theology. I'm going to talk about a computer game. And I'm going to talk about my job situation. I think that captured a broad enough swath of humanity that it ended up getting a a pretty good number of listens. Episode 250 was, we should thank Kyle Rittenhouse, not charge him. Enough said. 259 was Christina Wyman, CRT, and the Waukesha Christmas Parade Attack. That one has done pretty well. Clicking on over. That's really the last one that has been out long enough to have numbers that are a parody with the rest. But we're talking like 50% more right? 33%, 50% more listens than the average. And I won't tell you how many or how few listens each podcast episode gets because it really isn't about that. It really isn't. I mean, honestly, I would be making this if only my children listened. And also too, I think argumentum ad populum is a very pernicious temptation for us in our day. I think just like it's in the human heart to show favoritism towards somebody who is wealthy, and I think there's a temptation in my extended family to do that, just like there is in general humanity outside of my family. I think in my family we're not immune to that. But if this part of the family is doing very well financially and then this part is struggling I really don't think it's good that that part of the family that's doing really, really well is deferred to automatically or gets to make all the decisions, especially if it's something that's going to affect more than just them. And I'm not saying that happens as a rule. I'm just saying no temptation has seized to you, but that which is common to man. And we are certainly human. So we have to resist that. We have to resist the devil and he will flee from us we have to be diligent about that but the other thing too in our day and age and this isn't necessarily a family thing this is just a, a american culture i think it's partly the democratisation of american christianity james p bird i believe was the author of that one i read last year we would sooner listen to somebody who has a major following than somebody who doesn't have a major following. You know, funny thing is, though, I say that. As soon as I say that, I have to double-check because I really, it seems that way to me. It seems like that's the way that people operate unthinkingly. Maybe they do. I don't think that I do, and maybe more people don't than I would expect. But my friend and brother and actually compatriot (laughs) Chad Cahoon shout out to Chad Cahoon down in Houston Texas we used to work together at ConocoPhillips up in North Dakota and Montana up in North Dakota and Montana he now is also doing what I do but on a different side of the business he's doing it on the midstream side of the business I'm doing it on the upstream side of the business which is pretty great but he recommended to me here recently a podcast called Blurry Creatures. So if you like uh, cryptozoology, if you like talk of Bigfoot and Loch Ness Monster and giants and the Nephilim and UFOs and aliens and extraterrestrials, all that kind of stuff, if you like that sort of stuff being explored but taken seriously, like, hey, let's let's seriously talk about this. Why are there all these stories... myths and is there some there there and can we make sense of that with what the Bible says is it is is there anything in the Bible that would preclude exclude the possibility that these things maybe are behind the scenes real or that there's some some validity to these reports or what have you but I'm listening to this podcast here recently and man, it just, it pulled me in right away. And the th- the farthest thought from my mind was how popular or unpopular this podcast is. And that's what I want for you. I want for you as the listener <clears throat> to not even worry how popular or not popular this podcast is. I don't want you to know if we hit a million subscribers. I don't want you to know if it trickles down to one. It's not going to trickle down to one. And we're we're quite a ways off from one. I'll say that. But I think that's beside the point. I think it's really irrelevant. Some very stupid things can be very popular. And we shouldn't be taken in by those things just because they're very popular. And for that matter, some very good, smart things can be very unpopular. And sometimes majority opinion (coughs) just means that all the idiots are on one side of an issue, and this is why direct democracy doesn't work. For the same reason that direct, direct, direct democracy, pure democracy doesn't work. I also don't want to put too much stock in how many listens my podcast gets or does not get, how many copies my book does or does not sell. You know, the thought occurred to me yesterday as I was finishing up Mary Eberstadt's "How the West Really Lost God," which is a great book. And if this weren't episode 300, I would have been talking about it right now, but as it is, you'll have to wait. I'll have to tell you about it soon, but I'll just mention briefly that as I was listening to this excellent book from, I think a decade ago, thereabouts, it occurred to me that I'm only coming across this book of hers a decade after she wrote it. I didn't ever hear about her. Maybe it just, it wasn't where my head was at back when she published this, but suppose somebody doesn't come across my podcast. They don't discover my podcast. They don't discover my book. Hopefully there will be more, but they don't discover. And this is why we homeschool for 10, 15 years. And in that 10, 15 years, I keep creating content, but as time goes on, I just, I change the content to try and make it popular. That becomes the most important. The only important thing to me is how popular is this? And then all of a sudden my older stuff starts to catch hold and that actually takes off and people realize, hey, you know what? This actually, yeah, we we made a wrong turn back there and this guy caught it, but nobody was listening to him. Let's listen now. Because maybe he's got an idea or two or three for a different way around the mountain or through the mountain that we need to get on the other side of. I don't want, and this is, the, this is the thought that occurred to me yesterday. I don't want for there to be any worry in my mind that 10, 15 years down the road, somebody goes back and they listen to this podcast or they go back and they read what I wrote. And they're damaged by it because it led them astray. It actually just deceived them, misled them in a different direction. It wasn't this deception. It wasn't misleading them like most things contemporary were misleading them. But it still did. It, it was half a dozen of one, six of the other, a horse apiece. They still wound up in a bad way. Because the content wasn't good. And when I say the content wasn't good, I don't just mean it wasn't entertaining. I don't mean that even first and foremost. In my mind, in my opinion, the content will be good when there is substance to it, when it is true, when it helps you to appreciate beauty in the world, good in the world, when it helps you to fulfill the whatsoever list. Think on these things. Whatever is good think on these things. That's how I'll know that this podcast has been successful. And quite frankly, I would rather, I would rather my audience remain smaller, but that fewer people be helped more than that the audience grow very large, mostly for my benefit. If my mindset becomes, I want this to be extremely popular and I'm going to do whatever it takes to make it extremely popular because I need that fame and fortune. Bring it. Keep it coming. If that becomes my primary motivation, then I need to stop. I need to stop and do something else. I'm in the wrong business. The wrong line. There's enough of that already. We don't need any more of it. No vacancy. Sorry. No room. I'll say this too, briefly, and then I should run, because I do have a day job, which I'm already at, really, truly, I just need to sign into my work computer, which is fantastic, and thank you Lord for that, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. But one thing I started doing that I really, really like, I'm really enjoying doing, and I figured this out just in this past hundred episodes. I figured out how to record audio from my computer into Audacity for the podcast. So you'll notice over the past few months, however many months, I've started playing like I did at the top of this episode, Doc Ock says, listen to me now, things like that. Or here's an interview so-and-so did, or here's a speech, or here's what have you, Uh, playing that at the beginning of the episode or in the middle of the episode and then doing some commentary on it, figured out how to do that, and I think it makes the podcast a lot better. I think it it can be both, right? It can make the podcast more popular and also more helpful because it's more engaging, because it is entertaining, it is fun, but also while you're having fun and being entertained, hopefully I'm, I'm telling you some good important True things that make you wiser, that give you good direction. That's probably, I would say, the biggest thing, the biggest improvement on this podcast in the past 100 episodes. But I'm curious what your favorite episode has been, what you've liked best. Here recently, I've been getting contact from some people I know who listen, Daniel Gaffney reached out the other day to talk with me a little bit about my Ted Cruz, Et two Ted Cruz episode. He said he enjoyed it. I thought it was really interesting, but he is a fan of the podcast. Daniel Gaffney, appreciate your support and encouragement and friendship. Uh, also, my cousin Brian Mullet reached out recently. And it was very encouraging. He's an associate pastor way down south. But he listens, enjoys the podcast episodes on current events, giving commentary on current events. Also, Brian, if you're listening, you need to give me an address, and I'll send you a copy of my book. But I'd love to hear from any and all of you what episodes you like especially, what What do you think is the most helpful content, the most interesting content? What would you like to see more of? If you have an idea for something you'd like me to cover on the podcast, send it my way. Of course, you can always email me at garretashleymullet at com, or you can find me on social media or you can send me a message. You, there's a contact button on WordPress at the com. You can use that to get in touch with me. It'll go straight to my email. <clears throat> if you forget my email, it is my name at com, but it's okay. But I got to leave it there. That's all for this episode. If you've been listening for a long time, thank you very much. If you have just recently started, welcome. Glad to have you. Glad you're here. Hope you're enjoying the podcast. Either way, as always, thank you for listening. Until next time, God bless.